All right. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Two Putts. I'm Jake Landry. Nick Huffier, baby. And, uh, man, it has been a week. And as you teased on on X, there's been some distance between us this, this week. <laughs> Dude, it's the vibes on. were off with us, bro. Usually we're like a well-oiled machine. You know what? I think it was the separation with how busy this week was, bro. I I was... I've been uncomfortable, dude. Maybe it's a codependency thing, but but this this is what I've told you. The good news is is that we're needed elsewhere, which must mean we're doing a good job. So that's that's the the upswing of that. But it is hard. We were talking about one of the topics we're going to do tonight at bowling last night. Really yelling at each other from across the like little lane where we were at and some guy from the other team actually intervened because we were going at each other so hard so we're gonna bring that to you tonight i'm also gonna say i this is i am below e gaslight is on but you gotta get to the convenience store to get that frozen pizza but you only have enough money for that and you gotta get there and get back and we're gonna get there and get back and then the car's gonna run out of gas so i'm excited uh, we got quite a lot tonight. I know we're, uh, there's been, and we appreciate the listeners, the feedback, everything. We just love you all. And so people want want a little bit more segments. So here's what I'm going to tell you. We're going to make a sandwich tonight, okay? We're going to make a non-sports, sports, non-sports sandwich. And the reason this episode is called Putts Run Derby is because I am the, the pitcher, soft pitching the balls to Nick, and Nick, who are you going to be up there? Be You know, pick whoever you'd be as the home run derby. Who are you going to be smacking those dingers to? Dude, for a little teaser, Barry Bonds. But if I was I me. I was hoping you would say that. If, Love it, it. if it was just me, bro, I'm going to tell you, I hit no home runs in my baseball career. And if you know me, I'm a big dude. Dude, I stunk at hitting. All right. Really? Dude, awful. Literally awful. That kind of shocks me. I'm not gonna lie. You're yeah, you're like so. good athletically. Like you're, you're... Uh, yeah. I, I'm an athletic freak. I just wasn't good enough <laughs> to play high school sports. I played club sports in high school, and I'm an intramural champion. If that counts for anything in college, it doesn't. All right. So okay. here, let's start. With... <laughs> let's 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 lead with a topic that you're really passionate about, and that's mayonnaise, Nick. I'm gonna let you lead this one off. Dude, I, I right. came to well. Well, look, can I say this? I bought Nick lunch today. Out of the kindness of my heart, I I end up going to McDonald's. I bought four McChickens because I'm like my my boy's gonna need three, <laughs> and, and I'll get the one. And this dude says, "Oh, I can't eat any of those. They got mayo on them." I'm like, "You can't scrape it off." No. No, okay. dude. First off, okay, yo, that's part of the distance. But go ahead, Nick. <laughs> dude, you know what? I might have scraped it off. If it wasn't the week we had. But here's what I'm going to tell you, bro. Dude, <laughs> bro. So Jake comes in. He's like, "Yo, I got four McChickens," and I know he didn't get it plain. So I'm already low key a little tight because I know he got the McChickens <laughs> for me. So I'm like, "Dang, yo, this dude is really coming in with the McChickens, and I ain't gonna eat one of them." And he's like, "Yo, Nick, I got these for you." I said, "Jake." They got mayonnaise on them. So here's what I'm going to say, bro. What's up with it? Everyone's like, oh, Nick, you eat it dry? You eat it dry? Yeah, bro. Mayonnaise tastes funky, dude. It's the texture. It's everything about mayo is nasty. And I'm going to even double it down here. On bowling, sometimes Jake goes get this fire family meal, dude. If you're not on it, dude, it's like 30 bucks. Oh, from Taco Bell. It's 30 bucks. Yeah, 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 from Taco Bell. 30 bucks, it's like... Four chalupas, four like, dude, it's a crazy deal. It's a lot of food. It's yeah. dude, a ton. 
uncomfortable. Well, one of them is my favorite item on the menu, the beefy five-layer burrito. 10 out of 10. Yeah, you know when it's a 10 out of 10? When there's no sour cream. Yeah, well. So he yeah. brings it to bowling. Dude, I'm literally wringing it out to get the <laughs> sour cream out. Dude, and I didn't have the heart to tell the first time, so I like ate like a couple bites and threw it out when he went to bowl. <laughs> that's, so, dude, this is new information. Yo, yeah, I know, bro. I knew I was going to. Dude, but that's what I'm saying, bro. Sauces. Unless it's barbecue sauce or ketchup, dude. I mean, call me call me a picky eater. I am. Call me the palate of a five-year-old because I have it. Um, dude, I'm here's, just not a sauce guy. Well, here's what I'm going to say. First of all, I'm going to reference a movie called The Whole Nine Yards. And to do that today, I have to say, first of all, condolences to Matthew Perry and that family. Rest in peace. Yes, he was in that movie. He was fantastic in that movie. And also just our hearts go out to the family of Bruce Willis and Bruce Willis himself, who it's been reported, I think it was this week, that he's nonverbal now. So those both are in that movie. It's a fantastic movie. One of the debates that Matthew Perry and Bruce Willis have, Bruce Willis is a hitman and Matthew Perry is like this random guy who gets caught up in, you know, this situation is about mayo on a cheeseburger. And they talk about how in Canada they put mayo on a cheeseburger, this whole thing. And here's what I'm going to tell you, Nick. I think that the dislike of mayo is an American thing. If you, my wife is from Brazil and her family has really been the one that actually turned me on to the thin layer of mayo, bro. Dude. I'm going to say this. I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to tell you that when I get a Dunkin' Donuts breakfast sandwich and I bring it home, actually, no, when I bring it to school too, I get a packet of mayo. And guys, when I say a thin layer i'm saying like you know when you spread and there's still stuff on the knife because you literally just did you know the minimum that could be on there a, a, a perpendicular angle if you will to the bun 90 degrees sure, baby 90, 90 degrees, degrees to make sure that there's very little on there you'd be amazed what it could do for a sandwich and so i really do actually think that around the world mayo is much more popular and so i'm gonna tell you that your hate of mayo nick is culturally constructed i'm not mad at you but the America has done this to you. That's that's my response. How, how you like that? You didn't think I was coming with that today, but I didn't think you threw away the burritos that I bought for you. So now we're- Yo, you here's, a, I'm going to end it with this, bro. Jake, I go, yo, Jake, did you save any of the fries? His answer was, no, you ain't going to eat it. I put mayo on it, bro. <laughs> I, dude, I was like, you got to be kidding me. It was, uh, that was, that was a good moment. So, so if I you're getting me, moral of the story, if you're getting me a sandwich- just make it plain, bro. And uh, we're now moving from the mayo segment, in case anyone's wondering, to the random thing that happened to Jake that I'm going to talk about. So I walk my dog every morning. I live in a, a big building with a lot of people. And there's this guy. He is the most kind, gentle, old man. You know, who knows what people's secret lives are. But he's a, he's a, he's a good neighbor. Always a little, little chatty, if anything. Um, but not too chatty. But... Today, I was getting on the elevator. He was getting off. It's 6, Nick. I mean, I tried to get in her. It's like 6.25 in the morning. And I have my little chihuahua and I'm holding her. And, you know, again, I, I feel like this guy feels the, the way to be polite is to ask you a question, you know, bring up something. Oh, your dog is so cute. Is it a rescue? Is there a more conditional love, conditional caring, like conditional like my opinion is going to be conditional on the way you answer moment than asking if someone's dog is a rescue. Like I, I look, 
my dog is not from a breeder, okay? So I don't have any reason to be defensive in terms of like, I, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I know there's a whole thing about that. I'm we're, we're not getting into that. But also, like, she's not technically a rescue either. Like, I don't want to, like, go into, like, how my wife got my dog. Like, I wasn't involved. Like, I, I, I'm the stepfather of this dog. But, like... You're not the stepfather. You're the father who stepped up. Thank you. But, but... Is, is it a rescue? Why the... Oh, we should send over-under on swears, by the way, because as I've been practicing all week, all my segments, they're flowing. But why the fugazi do you want to know if it's, is she not cute? If it's a rescue? Is she not worthy of, of, of whatever? It just, it really bothered me, Nick, this morning. And I said, I'm bringing this to the pod. Dude, first off, if you're saying he's a little chatty, that dude's chatty, bro. Because Jake was just telling me how he was at Aldi and he chatted up a stranger. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 no, no. So we're having a rough week. So I said to Nick, and I said this to my wife first, and she literally gave me a look like, don't ever say that to me again. But I said, Nick, dude, if you're having a bad week, a real cure is talking to strangers and being really nice to strangers, like, randomly. And you'll be amazed what you get back. And so exactly, I've been that guy this week at, at Aldi. And hey, how's that dip? I've never tried that before in the checkout line. Go ahead, Nick. Here, yeah, here's what I'm going to say. That old guy, I don't want to root against him, but I hope he stubs his toe every day for the rest of his life after that question. Because it ain't none of your business, dog. Like, but just in general, like, I think people, like, stop with that. Like, enough. Oh, yo, just tell me my dog's cute. I know it's cute. God, get, get off my back. Like, nah. Dude, if it's a rescue, yeah, I don't want to get into it. Who cares? The dog's cute. Let's love the dog. Who cares where we got it, how we got it? Yeah, and and it, listen, like, in this world, ready for some high drama? We all are rescued, hopefully, if we're lucky, okay? Am I a rescue? Are you a rescue? Uh, you should have I, seen the eye roll he just gave me. I feel like we rescued each other with this podcast, but all right. Now we're in the deep meta right now. Now we're talking about the podcast on the podcast. For all of those who are wondering, we are now moving to a new segment called Jake Had a Stress Dream Last Night. That's unique to me. I'm curious, Nick. And again, you didn't really... It felt like before we got on, I told you I was going to ask you this question. It felt like your response was going to be, well, I don't get stress dreams, so we'll see how you answer. That, but I have that, two. Yeah, that was oh, my answer. Great. Well, that's very interesting. Well, here's the thing. I feel like people have unique stress dream so obviously there's the ones where you're losing your teeth or whatever but i have two two that reoccur and i haven't had this one for a while last i had a dream you and i were hanging out we were drinking having a good time we're like at a festival and my mom who used to play for like a ukulele group in her town were on and they randomly called me up to play drums okay and i'm a drummer a little bit here and there i can jump on a set and and make it work i can do that i'm serviceable in that way i'm that kind of musician so I get up there and this, again, I've had this dream multiple times. The set is all spread out. And every time I like use the kick drum or hit the snare, it shifts a little bit. And I end up in the dream trying to stretch out to be able to hit the drums and play. And I can't get the set to stay and stay. And meanwhile, 
they'll stop the music every time I stop playing for a second. So I have to like just play one of them at a time while I'm moving the other ones and everyone's looking at me and it's very stressful. The other one is kind of probably more common, which is I'm playing a soccer game and my legs are just like in concrete. And I just, no matter what I do, I can't get my feet to like play the way they're supposed to. So those are the two stress dreams that I have that are unique that I probably get them at least once a year. And on the pre-pod meeting, Jake was like, yeah, everyone has the dream of teeth falling out. So I'm going to say this. I don't, re- dude, and, and it might be because my diet, and Jake did see me before I left work, dude. I pounded about 12 mini eclairs, dude. <laughs> Actually, I know I pounded exactly 12 mini eclairs. And it might be, I haven't had a vivid dream or a dream really that I can remember, bro, since at least the last couple of months. So can't have a stress dream if you don't dream, baby. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you, in the, this last week, really two weeks, I've been having very vivid dreams and it's been, it's been a trip. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. I told you I watched Love on the Spectrum, like binged it one night. And then that night had a dream that was Squid Games and Love on the Spectrum mixed together. So you can see how you guys can figure out what that was like. It was very strange. And I got eliminated first, but somehow was continued to be in the dream. So well, anyway, so we're now to the sports portion of this podcast. <laughs> so again, for anyone who's wondering, and I got a number of topics here, Nick, but I do want to start with the Milwaukee Bucks because you wanted to talk about their firing. Before we talk about them hiring Doc Rivers, which I think is, I, it's, it, was, it surprised me. Um, I love it, but we'll talk about that. What did you think of the firing? I I didn't like it. I mean, there were reports that Giannis... Um, who, if you don't know, is the best player on the Bucks, has lost faith in his head coach, Adrian Griffin. The issue is I don't really know how you could have lost faith in him. If you look at the number, they were the number one ranked offense, and he came in with a style shift. The Bucks were a defensive team, and Adrian was like, yo, where you are going to play offense? You also lost Drew Holiday, who's probably the best off- or defensive guard in the NBA. I'm sorry, Marcus Smart, he's not. And you know, if you've listened to the previous pod, Jake you're, you're not gonna be hear, You're not going to hear me argue against Marcus Smart. So you lost that, and you got Damian Lillard, who offensively is world-class, right? But defensively, and I'm not going to say I can score on him, but it, it, it would be a little easier for me to score on him than Drew Holiday. So I mean, you, you, you probably have at least half a foot on him, Nick, no? No, dude, that's the issue, dude. He's six three. I'm six four. So, oh, okay. So, okay. So you guys would but, be okay. But I still so, think I do actually think you you would put up a couple in a one on one match against him. He'd uh, beat you, obviously. But yeah, um, no. So you you switched your personnel around to an offensive style. You switched your coach to your coach personnel to an offensive style, and you're doing well. You're they also were like twenty five and thirteen and second in the East. I think it was a rash decision, but I also will say, like, when you are under pressure, like, the Bucks' ownership is we're championship or bust. Like, they want to win a championship, but it's a failed season. You, every game matters. Like, the Pistons, they lost 27 straight games. Monty Williams making $70 million. No one's even thought about firing him because they, he doesn't have the star talent around him. Adrian Griffin has the star talent around him. So 
the Bucks ownership already has expectations on him because if it's not working, in air quotes, well, it's not because we don't have the players. The coach must have a bad offensive scheme or a defensive scheme, right? And you know how we feel about the coaches. So it, I think it was a rash decision. And, I mean, we can get into the Doc Rivers hiring, but I know you're a fan. I actually hate it. So, I mean... Well, let me just throw this out really quick. There was a – I do just want to really quickly mention that Tom Brady did have some sound out from his Let's Go podcast this week where he talked about how him and his teammates would stay after. And he even, like, directly said, you know, the coaches, they give you things, but ultimately you're responsible as a unit to go and work on them. And it was just interesting because obviously we've – like, we've talked about the coaches, this, this, and that, um, you know, probably only have 30% – real impact however you would decide to measure that um and i don't think there is a perfect way to ever measure that um but tom brady kind of and again there's maybe a cold war between tom brady and bill belichick i think maybe still i I, until bill belichick retires i won't be convinced that there isn't at least the drive for bill belichick to get his own super bowl so he can match up with tom brady so call that whatever you want to call that but again he kind of minimized the coaching role um pretty directly which i thought was um again it's just it it was just interesting so doc rivers i i do think Doc Rivers is the type of dude that I feel like or guy that or older person that you watch and you're like, damn, that dude would be a dope dad like that. I don't know. That dude's a cool guy. I'm sorry. Like, that's just how I feel about it. And like when they won that championship, the Celtics, I was so excited. But when you look at his actual track record, his postseason, especially recently, has not been very good with the Clippers and with the Sixers. You know, you could bring in James Harden, other reasons why maybe that is. What do you think about that? You know, do you, I mean, I know you hate it, so I guess you you believe that maybe I, he's not maybe the guy. Hate, hate is the uh, wrong word, I guess. I I think they could have done more a more thorough search, but again, it's in the middle of the season. That's, again, why I don't like the firing of Adrian Griffin. Like, give it a shot. Dame's there for at least until next year. Giannis just signed an extension, blah, blah, blah. Doc has rode that 2008 championship almost harder than Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett have rode that 2008 championship. Um, so when he went to the Clippers, I mean, that team was stacked. CP3, Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan was an all-defense de- all level player. Blake Griffin was Blake Griffin. They had Jamal Crawford, J.J. Redick. They were a good team. And they lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost to. Which, and blue leads, like a 3-2 lead, a 3-1 lead. Like, they've blown leads. So that record's not good. He gets a bad rep for the Sixers, I think, because... He had James Harden. No, James Harden will never win anything. But even that, dude, like, who were the two teams last year, Jake, that we thought were going to come out of the East? Yeah, Celtics and uh, the Bucks. The bu- yeah, and the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, who did the 76ers lose to? Oh, the team that everyone thought they were going to come that was going to come out of the East. That's not his fault, dude. The Celtics were supremely talented, and he took yeah, them to no, a game it, seven. Hundred percent. I, I agree that that the only thing that people will point to is how close that series ended up being, but it was only close because the Celtics just 
did not live up to their potential at all until they were facing elimination for what, like three yeah, straight games Yeah, but is that because like of that? Doc Rivers' scheme? Is that like... We don't know, right? Uh, maybe, we don't, we're not maybe. behind I the scenes. I would think it was more the Celtics self-sabotage than it was the Sixers. I opinion. think what they got is a coach for, or a player first coach that's going to really bow down to Giannis and Dame and say, look, we're just going to spam this pick and roll with Giannis and Dame and we'll see how far that gets us. And look, as a Celtics fan, do I... Fear the Bucks? No, we have like a bigger brother thing. Like I would be more scared of the Heat in the playoffs, which is actually pretty funny because we just blew them out by thirty last night. So, hmm. well, let me ask you. Let's segue. Um, and I just found this out this morning. Uh, there has been, uh, I would say, substantial enough uh, speculation by Adam Schefter, Mike Florio, different football folks that Andy Reid, who literally of all the coaches in the NFL being the coach of the Kansas city chiefs with Patrick Mahomes is kind of like sitting on the throne right now. I mean, he literally has the opportunity if he can hold on with Mahomes to who knows, I mean, (laughs) maybe match or get very close to what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were able to achieve. Um, I think it's possible but apparently there's word that he's thinking of stepping aside if they win the Super Bowl. Maybe even if he doesn't, you know, people are reporting that him and Belichick are very close. And then the talk is perhaps Bill Belichick would step into Kansas City. I think it's more just a sexy topic than it is something possible. But I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, first off, I'm surprised that and Raheem Morris, congratulations on getting job at getting the Atlanta Falcons job. Like, congrats to you. I'm surprised they didn't go with Bill Belichick just because of his rep. And they went with a defensive-minded coach, Raheem Morris, who was the D defensive coordinator at, for the LA Rams. So I could see Andy Reid retiring, but if Bill Belichick takes the helm of the Chiefs, I don't like it as much as others do. And I think... It's because Andy Reid is, like, considered an offensive mastermind. I mean, he's done some things that no one's ever seen on a football field. Like, they were doing yeah, the I mean, old, when they're doing that jumping around play and they're circling around each yeah, other. Or the old, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, and their offense, if you look this year, and this is, this is if the Chiefs team stays as is. Obviously, they could get go get a weapon. But as is... The offense is struggling with someone who's considered one of the greatest offensive minds in football. You now bring Bill Belichick, who is literally known as like this stalwart defensive coach who happened to have, and we always bring it up on every pod, he happened to have some dude named Thomas Edward Brady. Who, well, guess what? be mentioned. It's pretty go- darn good. And but, that but helps what you if, win so, so, But what if Bill Belichick says... Maybe that was my secret sauce. I'm finally going to admit that. And so this is the place for me because I'll get another one with Patrick Mahomes. Dude, it was a debate. I'll say it. I'm going to say something that people might not agree with. Patrick Mahomes will never be the winner that Tom Brady was. Um, Tom Brady made Danny Amendola. I love him, him. I like Patrick Mahomes. Don't get it twisted. But Tom Brady made Danny Amendola look good. He made Chris Hogan a pro bowler. Like, 
he made Wes Welker, who is actually really, really good, almost like, is this dude a Hall of Famer? Same with Julian Edelman. The one time he had like supreme talent at an offensive at an offensive position, he had Randy Moss. And get, guess what Tom Brady did? Oh, he set the record. And then when he had Rob Gronkowski, oh, what did he do for touchdowns to a tight end? Oh, he set the record. Pat Mahomes in, has... In the playoffs? No, just, in oh. the regular season. Like when oh, he has I was offensive just going to say, but, you know, but you, know you're, you know that Travis Kelsey and Mahomes just surpassed oh, yeah, the playoff yeah, yeah. record yes, last yes, game. Yes, so. yes, yes, I know. Uh, yeah, inconvenient fact. Sorry, my bad. But and Travis Kelsey is the best receiving tight end. And I don't know. I don't like it. I think Bill Belichick is very similar to a pocket passer in today's NFL. Just ain't going to work. All right. All right. Well, and that's let, my let me, take. But let me shoehorn this in. Jurgen Klopp, who is the coach of Liverpool, which, you know, is a very significant Premier League team. And he's really at the level of, I would say, comfort where he could be a manager for the next 15 years if he wanted to, because he's he's a polarizing character in terms, you know, if you don't like him, you hate him. If you like him, you love him. He's entertaining. He's fantastic. He's, he's just great. But he's resigning from Liverpool and he cited just exhaustion. And so I do wonder, you know, with everything you've said, if maybe Andy Reid's at that point where you know, the, some people were saying, you know, maybe he went to the doctor and the doctor said, look, like, I got to recommend you slow down, you know, because of this, this, that or the other thing. So I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what uh, if we so forgetting about Belichick, I wonder if we will see Andy Reid uh, step aside. I think that would be unfortunate. I, I will agree. say he uh, he probably would have ate that whole Leclerc box today. I told you to take it home, but you wouldn't take it home. But no, anyway, I know, whatever. Because it would have, right. I would have pulled an Andy Reid and ate the whole thing. Fair enough. All right, let's segue to the Chiefs and Rams. Uh, Chiefs and Rams. What did I? Why did I write the Rams? The Ravens. That's what happens when I'm trying to listen to you and write things at the same time. Chiefs Ravens for the AFC Championship. Um, let, let's let's move quick. But I'm curious what you think about that game. I mean, the Chiefs pulled out one against a really good Bills team. I almost predicted it pretty much spot on. Just yeah. the opposite, which first well, off. I, and and who, who who actually disagreed with you last week and said that Mahomes is the man and he's the one to trust when it matters? Yeah, but who – okay, whatever. You know what? Yeah, I don't you, think you, you answered did. my question, but go you ahead and keep going. You oh, did. thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. They're in the link, bro. They're in Baltimore. This is some of that distance we're talking about, but keep going. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you can kind of feel it in this pod, dude. We got mayonnaise. We got this. The Ravens are going to beat the Chiefs, man. And I'm saying yeah. that from heart, not head. I can't stand – like the Chiefs are – I just can't, dude. I, ugh. Are you about to talk about Taylor Swift and all that? No, I – dude, I, the hate for her, like she's there okay, supporting her pause, boyfriend. Because, no, and this, and this thing, like literally there was a post that was circulating that was like, Lamar is the only chance we have not to have a Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Like and, – and now I'm going to do this, dude. Did you see the Barbie whole nomination thing? That only yeah, Ryan Goss and, and like I'm sorry, the hate for that movie was like ugly. Okay, like it it manifests itself in ugly ways where it's like okay, like but like chill. And the hate for Taylor Swift at football games is like guys, like it, it's weird. That's weird. It's weird. Like. What's the problem with with her? Like you just said, being there supporting her significant other, having fun. Did Giselle ever get that? Did 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 do other celebrities get that? Like, it's, why it's, would she get that treatment? 
Well, here's the thing. Taylor Swift is Michael Jackson famous, whether we want to admit it or not. A hundred percent. It's not her fault. She doesn't go call NBC and say, hey, can you like But she doesn't even make it about her. Uh, Yeah, she doesn't like it. She's there celebrating her boyfriend having a good time. So what's the problem? My problem is I like parody, dude. So if my Packers aren't in it, I want to see a new Super Bowl winner. I I, want to see the Ravens Lions. That that's that's my dream Super Bowl. So I'm picking with my heart, dude, because when I pick with my head, I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> well, I, listen, I, I think most people would agree that the Ravens are their odds on. But that's the thing is, I, I think, you know, when you get the final picks from the NFL preview, you're going to see a lot of Ravens. But the Chiefs are the team that you would sleep on and get bit. So I'm I'm curious to see. Um, but, you know, I, but the Ravens are so dominant. So I, I do. Fe- Here's what I will the say. They're the two best teams in the in the AFC, like the two uh, best teams made it. We're which lucky is, to have which, this matchup, which is what I love. We're so, lucky to have this. So matchup. we are lucky to have. I'm not going to be mad about either team, but I really love. I, I love Patrick Mahomes, but I really love Lamar. No, it's Jackson. Lamar's turn. We said it last week. It's Lamar's turn. Love seeing a good success story. It would be a fantastic thing to see him win. He deserves it. He yeah. deserves the opportunity, um, but he's got to go earn it. So I hope he does. Detroit and the 49ers. I, I don't know, dude. I think midnight is striking and that 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 glass slipper is going to be falling off. And I don't think Prince Charming is going to find Detroit in their town and be able to put that glass slipper back on. I mean, yeah. But, but, because I hate agreeing with you sometimes, especially on picks, because then we can't really talk about much. Yeah, but I hate San Francisco. I'm not a So fan. I'll play devil's advocate here, bro. The Lions are just happy to be there, bro. Like, yeah. they're playing with no pressure. This season's been a success. They won the NFC North. They won two playoff games at home. They are still a really young team. Their team looks good. They're playing with nothing. The Niners have all the pressure, which is what we saw last week against the Packers. Yeah. The Packers were playing loose and free. The Niners were playing tight. And, I mean, talent just trumps talent, right? Like, the Niners are clearly the better team than the Packers. That, that's whatever. The Lions, though, have superstars. They're just not household names yet. Jameer Gibbs, Christian McCaffrey level. Not as good yet, but it's his rookie year, and he's a beast. Amon Ross St. Brown, that's the, their match to Debo Samuel. Penny Suel, that's their match to Trent Williams. So, George Kittle, Sam Laporta. So, they match up. Now, I think who needs to play inspired, I think, is the 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 Detroit defense. Um, if they don't come out to play, if they come out even just a little bit flat and turn it on late, I think it's over. But, dude, Hart says Detroit. I'm picking Detroit. I don't want to hit a little Detroit Chiefs parlay, dude. I'm just, just saying, just for funsies, a little, you know, you might get a nice little return there. And because I, I just... Every time we sit here and all of us agree on something, we sit there and go, oh, wait, but reality is also a thing that we can't really predict. So I just, I'm with you. I think both the Chiefs and Detroit deserve to be in that game and have a real opportunities to make something happen. Although I, I think ultimately we will get Ravens 49ers, which, I will is, say, which, isn't, which I will is fine. Say- yeah, very similar to the AFC matchup. I, I think the NFC right now, I think these are the two best teams yeah. going into the playoffs. So 
again, these playoffs have been killer. I know there's been a lot of blowouts, but it really has been. Dude, I've enjoyed watching it, man. All right, so, so those checking in on our segments, this is where we go to the conversation where uh, bystanders were concerned about the domestic dispute last night at bowling, which is the Baseball Hall of Fame voting happened this week. And uh, I've said it before on the show, I'm a big Felger and Mass fan. And Tony Maserati um, has a Hall of Fame vote, or he gets a ballot. You actually get 10 votes. It's a key mm. information because that's part of what we're going to be talking about. Um, and he voted for two people, Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez. And so on Felger and Maz, they did a whole uh, a whole thing on it. And again, like Felger and Maz are church for me. So a lot of the times I, I just agree with them. I just... I'm a free thinker, but they just say things that I tend to agree with. Um, but Nick does not agree with them. So they are small hall guys. Uh, they think that when you, uh, and I agree with this, that when there's too many people invited into the hall, when stats are cited rather than the way a player made you feel when you watch them, um, that that can be problematic. And uh, so, Nick, I'll let you get the uh, opening statement here, but that will kind of give you guys some context on our domestic dispute last night. Well, I want to ask, and I didn't ask last night because I was so heated as I was going up to bowl and I'm walking backwards and yelling at Jake from across the bowling alley about this. Did did they vote for Barry Bonds? Did Maz vote for Barry Bonds? Do you know? Yes, he did. He voted for the steroid okay. guys. So he's not a complete idiot. He's just a little stupid. So <laughs> for those of you who don't know, the Baseball Hall of Fame puts out a ballot every year, and you need 75% of the votes to get in. And I don't know how many people get votes, so there's only been one unanimous player. His name is Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time. Um, no one's ever going to dispute that, him being the can only I, one. Can I offer one any. other context thing? One of the big debates over the last I, 20 years might be too much, but I don't think so. It might even be more like 30 years is do the guys who did steroids, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, you know, A-Rod, Manny Ramirez, they're still on the ballot, obviously. Do they deserve to get in? Are they cheaters? Should they be banned from the hall? Roger Clements, I don't know if he's a steroid guy, but he kind of fits into he this. Um, all these things. So that that's one of the big, that's why he asked if Maz voted for Barry Bonds, because um, the whole question is, do you vote for steroid guys? And Maz has consistently said, talk about their impact on the game. They deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, which I think you agree with. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, I could go on a three hour long rant of just reading Barry Bonds stats that don't actually exist. Like they exist, but like you, it's disgusting. Like how Barry Bonds is the best baseball player of all time. And it's not a question. And I will not argue with that with anyone, and if I will, I will. If Jake starts to disagree with me, I will hang up the podcast. Here is the issue, bro. The hall is too small. And the analogy I gave yesterday is not pot appropriate. So here's what I'm going to say. The, pot, the hall is too small, but it needs to get a little bigger. It needs to get a little bigger. Well, let me let the, yeah, go. Oh, sorry, sorry. You, I thought you no, were you go, you go, you no, go, you go. What I was just gonna say is, I think <laughs> I'm gonna give you some names of of this year's ballot. 
And uh, yeah, let's do that. We'll run through it. And so, if I, I let's let's say I have unlimited votes, you tell me the player. I'll just say yes or no. Yeah, but but here, but the point I'm making is, does the common fan know them? And I think I would represent someone who's like, in terms of baseball, like was there, but like. You know, there was a period of my life in high school, like I've talked to you about it, and I said in the first episode, like where I was barely tuned at all. I knew who Alex Rodriguez was. I knew who Manny Ramirez was, which is, you know, I knew who Andy Pettit was. Those are all people who were on the ballot. But I'll start at the top. Billy Wagner. I have no idea who that is. Yes. Okay. One of the best closers of all time. Todd Helton. Impact of the game. No idea who that is. Yes. Andrew Jones. No idea who that is. Yes. There's three votes already. Gary Sheffield. No idea who that is. No. You do yes, you do. The iconic batting stance with the wiggle. You know who Gary Sheffield is. All right, is. probably. Carlos Beltran. No idea who, who that is. I wouldn't have voted for him for this year, but he will get in. Yeah, he's a second year. So you're on the ballot for what, I think ten years? And ten then, years, yeah. yep. Um A Rod, Alex Rodriguez. I would yes, absolutely. You have to. Manny Ramirez? Yes. Okay, because I feel like but last night you said no. This is me, this like is me no. assuming that Barry Bonds is in because we had this argument the other day. And I know you're going to bring up David Ortiz, so we're not even talking about him because then this pod will go on for another Are you really going to get mad if I bring up David Ortiz? No, I won't actually get mad. Well, okay, but- fine. We agree the steroid guy should be in. So, David, really quick for people, the people who say the steroid guy shouldn't be in voted for David Ortiz, which you can make the argument that it's never been proven that he did steroids, but there is enough. Let me put it this way. If it was, if it was murder, okay, he might not have been convicted criminally, but civilly he would have lost because there was a preponderance of evidence that may not have been enough to convict in a criminal case, but in a civil case. So for those of you who that makes sense, that's kind of like his culpability of doing steroids. He obviously did it, but not enough to be, you know, one of the steroid guys, but he obviously did it. But he also completely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because his impact on baseball is legendary. And that's what should get you in the Hall of Fame, Nick. But my argument with the steroids, and yes, David Ortiz, I was happy he got in, obviously, because I'm a Red Sox fan. But if, and you, yesterday when we got into the argument, you just looked at me when I couldn't say anything, and you're like, you know I'm right. And I got mad and walked up and bowled. Um, Barry Bonds isn't in, and he's the best player of all time. He did steroids. So if Barry Bonds isn't in because he didn't, because he used steroids, and he's the best player, A-Rod can't get in, Sammy Sosa can't get in, Mark McGuire can't get in, Manny Ramirez can't get in because they're not better than Barry Bonds and they all were proven of steroid use. Do you see what I'm saying? But do you agree that David Ortiz shouldn't be in for that reason? So he should be in because I think Barry Bonds should be in. I think the voter, dude, the vo- that's, what I'm te- that's what I'm trying to tell you. Dude, these voter- voters are old hags, bro. Maz is like 90 years old. Okay. He doesn't know anything. Let's talk about another. He's so old school. Okay, I don't want to go through these names because I think this will be more interesting to people. Yeah. You get 10 votes. Maz only used two. And the funny thing is I had that information in my head and I knew that that was something we were going to talk about. And I was ready to be like, hey, well, I just am curious how many votes do you think you should use? And then you were the one going off and said, and let's also talk about these people who don't use all their votes. And I was like, uh, LOL, because I completely disagree with you, Nick. And this is where you and I just just generally forget not knowing any players, whatever. Like, you should not use all your votes. You should vote for who deserves it. And if they're not Hall of Fame worthy, regardless of how long they're on the ballot, they're not. I almost just hit my over there. They're not Hall of Fame worthy. They're not. 
Yeah, but dude, that's the issue. You need like a certain percentage of votes to stay on the ballot, right? And people agree, oh, you're not a, they're not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but they'll be a Hall of Famer, right? A great example is, and I don't but know. If you have, but if you have 10, Craig, Craig Biggio, if you have 10 votes, if you have 10 votes, and exactly, like you're voting people just to keep them on the ballot for eight years from now, to put them on the ballot, they're not that great and legendary that's that process so you think stupid. player that you think players dumb. should only only be in the hall of fame if they're a first ballot hall of famer no but i'm saying that if you're giving people we'd have to and this is why we were going to do this next week but you really want to do this now we'd have to look at the history but if people started with three votes then five then seven then 10 then 15 then flipping 20 th then the problem is is you're creating a system to just get more people in your flipping hall of fame and not just like get people like that's the whole oh my god i've dropped like five in my head like the whole point is you're putting people who are legendary and there are going to be people who maybe should but don't because you put oh my god i i need to say it a limit on it nick Dude, but that but I'm saying is this dude, every ballot has ten players that have impacted the game at a Hall of Fame level, dude. This one doesn't. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> it, really it has the did third it. best closer it of really all time. Did it. it had okay, we want to talk impact of the game. Gary Sheffield should be in, bro, even if he was a steroid user. That dude has the most iconic batting stance of all time and hit five hundred homers. 55 oh, he didn't make it. Because it was his 10th year. He didn't year. make oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Billy Wagner, third best closer in the game, invent, threw a screwball that no one's ever seen before. Dude, Andrew Jones, best defensive center fielder of all time and hit 400 bombs. Dude, Todd Helen, who got in? Joe Maurer, who got in? Dude, I'm going to pop people my peas. Know, I'm yelling. I'm popping people, my peas. People know who Joe Maurer is. I'll give you Joe Maurer. American, you know, like, the, what? I, like he's an all-American, like, Good old boy type of thing. But no one knows who Todd Flippin' Helton is. No one knows who that is. Dude, if you watch a lick of baseball, you knew who Todd no, Helton was. No, you didn't. Yes, you did. But he played for Colorado. He played for Colorado. You're about to literally talk about the Colorado Rockies like anyone even knows that they have an effing baseball team. Like, what are you talking about? Like, the average person who just watches it casually does not care about the players on the gosh darn Colorado Rockies, Nicholas. Tell that to the people in Colorado. Tell it to me. I'm popping my peas, I'm yelling. <laughs> I gotta pull the mic away from my face. We'll, we'll pick this one up when we've done more research and do it in a Marcus Smart. We'll do like a brawl edition where we'll bring back Marcus Smart and we'll bring back this, but you, you, you like the idea that you should use 10 votes just because you have them is so antithetical as an opposite to what a hall of fame represents that the fact that we can't agree on that literally to me is, is it's, it's shocking to me that you can't see the light on that. That's insane to me. Maybe one day, dude, I get into this argument with everybody. I think dude, use, if you're whatever. saying there's 10 people worthy, then okay. But if you're saying that you should use it just to use it, that's wrong. Since I've started paying attention to the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot, there's only been two ballots where I was like, eh, maybe. And even then, I would have used all 10. This is great. Now we're both all pissed off and it's like, do we even want to keep going? But of course we're going to keep going because we got like a couple more things and we got to finish our sandwich. 
Do you want to talk about uh, fundamentals? Dude, I, I we can touch on it really quickly and maybe bring it up a little bit. So I, I was reading an article that said Greg Popovich is no longer teaching game situations, but the fundamentals of basketball. And I really think that's really the case because when I what I see is kids going to trainers. And what do trainers do? Well, they work on your individual skills. There aren't kids that are hitting up the courts just playing pickup to run some pickup, learning like flows and ebbs of the game naturally. So they can dribble the ball, they can score from anywhere, they can lay it up. But in a situational moment, dude, they haven't they haven't practiced it not even in in an unstructured time, let alone a structured time. And I mean, you made up a great point, and I'd love you to kind of talk about it with AAU. Uh, just like that, I've heard it's very selfish, very, you know, be the star of yeah. your team. And and what I kind of wonder, Nick, what I was sort of, as I was completely not hearing what you were saying and zoning out, was that when you think about <laughs> progress, when you read science fiction and you read about like the future visions of humanity that we see, I think a lot of it is ways where we have communication and we are really able to streamline the way we work collaboratively, right? And so it's kind of interesting that, and I guess I guess we're talking about just the NBA right now, but maybe we're talking about sports in general. But it's interesting of this trend that as things are getting uh, revved up with analytics and all these different things, to hear that fundamentals and teamwork and collaboration, which really, again, is is I think in many circles, the idyllic future that we are heading towards, that is completely not what's happening now. So that's what I find really interesting is that progress, I think, has often meant that we will be better at working together, we'll be more collaborative, we'll be inter interdisciplinary, you know, whatever it is, all these things. And that's the exact opposite of what's happening in a lot of ways, which I think is, it does, it makes for a worse product. I mean, how many times are you going to watch people just throw threes out of their ass or even like do these dribble moves when it's like, you know, there, there was a layoff right there. There was a pass. There was a pick and roll opportunity. There was so much going on. And I never even saw your head turn to look. Dude, I mean, you've put it in a nutshell beautifully, Jake. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm, all I'm going to say on this is like when they, when someone makes an extra pass, they're like, wow, what fundamentals. It's like, dude, that should be the pass you make every time. Right. The extra pass should be a like the extra pass should just be the normal pass. Right. Right. No, and I I think that does sometimes go to that sensationalist aspect of the social media and the dopamine rushes of highlights is exactly like you see these things celebrated where you're like that was the most basic play I've I've seen. Like, you know, and if I had yeah. watched the game it turns out that 40% of it were plays that shouldn't have even ever happened because of all those things. So okay, there's the meat. Let's let's move on to some non-sports. Nick, okay, and this is. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a couple here, but we won't keep you all for too much longer. But the first thing is I've been posting you. So Nick brought me back to Instagram, okay, the pod, everything. I've, I've I was off so uh, Instagram for I think like two years, maybe even a little bit more than that. And so I've been posting on my story, and it's been good. I'm I'm excited to feel a little bit more confident and not so anxious about it. But I've been noticing. That people my age have been looking at my stories via Facebook. Nick, I'm 33 and a lot of my peers have kids or whatever. 
but guys, and, and I actually have a group chat with friends too, and I'm not gonna not gonna call him out. I know he's not listening, but like, you know, people send memes and stuff, and this dude sent like a Facebook thing that like I couldn't even open or it didn't even pop up as like a thumbnail we could look at. It's just like if you're on Facebook and you're in my generation, what the hell are you doing? Like, I, and, and I'm going to say this too. I'm kind of a, a brand um, follower. Like, you know, I want the, I want the Tangeray from last week. I want the, you know, I want, I like the brands. I get caught up in that stuff sometimes. Okay. And so like, doesn't it just feel cooler to be on Instagram in terms of social media than like, scrolling on Facebook like you would never catch me scrolling on Facebook Nick ever 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 I don't get that first off I like Instagram better than Facebook but I do use Facebook and sometimes the stories bro the blue circles kind of make me tight so I'm clicking on them so Usually I see the stories for Instagram, but I do click on them through Facebook just to get them blue circles out. Like that's literally all I wow, do. So I, I don't actually. I just hurt look. you pretty bad. I didn't know I was speaking to one of them. You didn't My hurt bad. me, bro. My I'm bad. I'm just saying if you see Nick looking at your story on Facebook. Well, we're not even friends on Facebook, so forget about well, it. And, I ain't looking and, at your And I notice you don't look at my stories at all, so maybe we should talk about that. Okay, the distance. Here it is, the distance, bro. Got my Nick No Time Music Education, okay? So I got my album for you. So last week we went to the 1970s, told you about Steely Dan a little bit. This week, I want to talk about the Wu-Tang Clan, okay? Because it's trendy now, Nick. Happy for people discovering things. I can be trendy. I'm not trying to be, you know, whatever. But I did find it interesting because I, I did want to kind of check. I actually wanted to do some research for once and have some backing. So I typed in like most influential hip hop albums and sort of was looking for the one that I, I assumed would pop up. But what you tend to see with Wu-Tang is 36 Chambers. Okay, now 36 Chambers is their first album. Now, the thing you got to know about Wu-Tang is it's a collection of dudes who knew each other, um, you know, young men. And basically... They were really inspired by the old, you know, samurai, Shaolin, you know, movies. That, and actually, if you go on Hulu in the Criterion Collection, there's some of those old, like, Yojimbo and the Seven Samurai and stuff like that. So they were really inspired by that. And, you know, as we've talked about with, or we haven't talked about here, but with hip hop, you know, growing up in violence, poverty, all these things, they really wanted to, through their music, create, use the their their influences and their love of, again, those those sort of, I'm going to say Asian, you know, influences um, in their music and and their sound was very unique in that way. Now, here's the thing, Nick. 36 Chambers is really more of a collection of tracks. And I put it on this week to kind of check to see maybe if I even had to pull a left turn. But I would venture to guess that if most people put on 36 Chambers, they wouldn't be able to sustain listening to it because it doesn't have that cohesive polished finish that my suggestion does so again if you like wu-tang if you cream casuals everything around me right method man we 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 know old dirty bastard you know there's so many things that we know about but one you might not know about and what i think is belongs in the archives of hip-hop and music history is liquid swords by the Jizza. That's G-Z-A, all caps. SZA has based her name off of the RZA and the Jizza, which are both from, and I think they're actually cousins, from Wu-Tang. Liquid Swords, Nick, is just an incredible 
polished album. First of all, it's filled with sound bites from different samurai movies and different things. So it, it really has that, it has an interesting feel. There are times where you're sort of listening to, you know, it actually starts with a minute 15 long pure clip from a movie. So, it, it, you know, I could understand that, you know, taking a little bit to get in. But dude, I listened to it the last two days again and again. The rhyme styles, you got Method Man on there on Shadow Boxing, incredible track. You got the RZA dropping a verse. You got Inspect the Deck. You just got everyone contributing. And the Jizz's rhyme style is just incredible. So Liquid Swords, I could talk about it for an hour. I'll say this enough. It came out in 1995 very important year in hip-hop and this album really set a standard i believe for uh you know things going forward again i, I was thinking about it nick and bringing it back to sports especially soccer you have soccer players like messi and ronaldo and you know zinedine zendane ronaldinho and they play with the same rules as everyone else, but somehow they're playing a different sport than everyone else and they create their own space in the game of what it could look like. Wu-Tang did that and I think Liquid Swords is a great expression of the way that they did that. Okay, Nick? Let's talk about our two putts classifieds because if you are interested in joining the team... For free. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Not long-term... If the team blows up, you're part of the team. So yes, as of right now, we're not on a payroll, so you'll get the same treatment as us. But again, uh, I think we're a one or two really motivated people away from having something really fantastic going here. So if you are interested, reach out to Nick, let him know, email us at twoputtspod at gmail.com. I'd also say for myself, if you want to do your own podcast, now we step back and have puts you know llc if you want to join the the mother network and have your own project and you need some guys who can help consult with you and edit your podcast hey we're happy to do it we're here to uplift everyone so nick we got you set up on the socials what can people expect in the next week or so from our socials until they hear from us dude again? we're trying to post some fire content on x i'm trying to post some pictures on instagram and then once we get some uh video going the TikTok's going to be popping. I also want to add on the classified, dude. Me and Jake kind of have been talking, and we have so many ideas rolling through the brain. We kind of need a thumbnail guy. Maybe an, we might need an editor. Jake's kind of an auto engineer. He dabbles in it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a dabble. With, with how many ideas we got, dude, If we're we might be looking for one enthusiastic third. For one, instead of two... One podcast a week, we go to two podcasts a week. So if you're interested on being the pod, look, it's church. We meet every single day, or not every single day, but if we, let's say we we say Wednesday's our day. Every Wednesday at six o'clock, you're on the pod. Like yeah. that's what we're doing. So if you're interested, dude, definitely let me know. Email us. Um, I mean, we got 1,200 impressions last week, so. I'm going to be a right. prick in the interview process, but it's because I demand excellence. And I want to say, Nick, that's the thing, dude, you're brilliant. That's why I knew you could handle Black Leopard, Red Wolf. And that's why I knew we could handle this because we're having fun. I hope we put a smile on your face. But this dude's smart as all get out. Okay? How did we make it through this podcast with no swears? Dude, I swore so many times. I just never said them out loud. But yeah, mentally it was bad. So anyway, 
I hope everyone enjoys their week. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the moments you got. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week, all right? Peace.